0: the under center podcast hello and you're welcome to the second part of the under center podcast we are continuing looking ahead to thursday night football of course the pittsburgh steelers traveling to take on the cleveland browns in an afc north matchup to look at the steelers side of things of this game we are delighted to be joined from the steel city insider it is jim wexel jim how are you sir
1: i'm great thanks for having me on your show
0: oh we are delighted to speak to you uh, for sure and we are really looking forward to this game tonight as well we um i don't know if you got to see last thursday night's game but what have you made of the sort of amazon now presentation that we're getting
1: oh uh, i haven't seen it no i uh hmm i do have a prime so uh i am uh, ready with a subscription if needed but um i i can't comment on it i don't know you tell me
0: uh, it's been pretty good now over this side of the world we kind of really wouldn't get it as in depth as you would mm-hmm. um obviously we we sort of stick to the game pass and that's how we sort of get our nfl um content in um so we, we we don't get as many of the you know game blackouts as you would if you had the game pass over in america due to you know uh, tv rights but um yeah, it, from what I've seen, I, I on the short clips on on Twitter and YouTube and stuff like that, it seems to be going down well, um, with people. So it'll be interesting to see how how it goes. Now on Thursday, but we're not here to talk about Amazon. We're here to talk about Steelers. <laughs> um, and you know, it's been quite an interesting start to the season for the team. You know, they had that um crazy overtime win in Cincinnati against the Bengals on Week One, and then. This past Sunday, quite disappointing, 17 to 14 loss against the Patriots, and sort of as a whole, so far in these first two weeks, I know it's kind of tough to you know put a proper judgment on it. But how have you felt the team has been?
1: Well, they're one uh, one play away from being two and oh, One play away from being zero oh and two. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's the offense, and we knew it would be the new quarterback, new offensive line. The running back's either injured, too heavy, overtrained, or doesn't trust his new offensive line. Um, the, the offensive coordinator isn't putting all the new pieces together yet. And um, there's a lot of blame flying around the steel city, as you put it. Uh, everybody's trying to uh, find the villain here because the offense can't move the ball consistently. And they have a lot of uh, high paid. uh, Well, I guess they're not high paid yet, but they are highly drafted uh, offensive skill players. And, uh, you know. And the quarterback is in a really no win situation. We could talk about that, too.
0: Well, yeah, and and let's have let's have a chat about the, the offense. And like you said, they rightly have sort of struggled in these first two weeks. Um, and it got to the point a point to the in the game on Sunday where you could hear the crowd even on the TV broadcast, you know, shouting for Kenny and and hoping to get, you know, rookie Kenny Pickett in a quarterback instead of of Mitch Trubisky, um. You wrote an article article actually as well uh, this week looking at sort of the offense and who's to who seems to be the blame like you're saying looking for the villain um, where do you where do you come down on the offense and, and who would you think is at fault for the struggles at the moment? Um,
1: the quarterback hasn't played well but he's new and uh, I, not that I expect him to play all that much better he's kind of been who he is. he doesn't make many mistakes. But he's also not—he's also not lighting it up the way the way Kenny Pickett can, um, if the coach was sure he wouldn't make rookie mistakes. So the coach is waiting uh, until the rookie, his first-round pick, who uh, he loves—they all love—they want to get the first-round pick in. Uh, it just it, it, a coach isn't going to throw a rookie quarterback in until he's ready. And um, only the coach knows what Kenny Pickett knows and doesn't know and how prepared he fully is. The preseason, he looked great, but everything looked rather simple for him. Uh, And so um, I I have a feeling he's not there yet. And also the coach doesn't want to make the move too soon. Now, in Trubisky's uh, uh, behalf, he was never going to have a shot here as far as winning the fans over. He's replacing a legend probably the only, it's a tough, tough town on quarterbacks. Uh, he's replacing the only guy who was never booed by this town. And he's a legend, Ben Roethlisberger. And he's preceding a, a, a local college star out of the university of Pittsburgh in the first round draft pick who played great in a preseason. Can, uh, Mitch Trubisky has no chance to win these fans over none. He's in the toughest situation any quarterback I've ever seen uh, following a legend and preceding a local college star, number one pick. So, uh, but, but Mitch does have the uh, temperament. He does have the, um, he understands his situation. He's not going to let it get to him. He's going to keep working. And the coach understands that too. And I was uh, down there today and all the receivers came out of a meeting at one time and they were all similar in that, they all talked about teamwork, uh, wanting to pull together and uh, not uh, harass the quarterback about what plays to call. Throw me the ball, throw me the ball. They're all. Uh, it's it. It seemed like they all just got reamed out. And mm-hmm. as Mitch said after the game, we've all got to stay on the same page and we've got to buy in to the offensive coordinator's plan. And uh, that's the other villain, the offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, and, and um, Coach Canada came into a lot of criticism even last year, with, with Roethlisberger's last year too. Um, how with, with your ears sort of to the ground down there, is there sort of any rumblings at all that a change could be made if the offensive struggles continue, especially on the coaching side? Well, the coaching side
1: won't change. That, that, that won't change until the off-season. They're not going to fire a coach in the middle of the year. Now the quarterback changes is possible, but uh, hmm, unlikely. Knowing Mike Tomlin, uh, he's going to stick with this guy uh, for a while. But the offensive coordinator, you know, there are rumblings that his pass his plans in the passing game are not professional level. That he's uh, and he's being called a college coach. Uh, he's trying to do different things with the running game. The, the motion and the sweeps, the jet sweeps, at times work. But also, you look, they don't really move people out of the box. And that's the problem. The front wall is just too congested. And um, they need a deep passing game to back people off. They need, they need passes over the middle. And that's been the criticism, deep and not over the middle. Although both have have occurred to varying degrees of success. The one interception Trubisky has thrown this year was over the middle and uh, the linebacker got lucky, dropped into coverage and tipped it up. So they have a point not challenging the middle at times with the new offense. Uh, But um, I I, I think both the quarterback and the coordinator are getting equal blame, one because he's in front of the rookie and uh, the other because uh, his his passing – game his approach lacks sophistication lacks professional sophistication
0: Mm -hmm. he has though had some success trubisky especially with um the tight end pat fryer um Mm -hmm. and especially Mm -hmm. you'd like that if if he's struggling to to throw down the middle he has that outlet there Mm -hmm. in fireman who's who's played well the start of this year and could we see sort of more of that now on, on thursday night where he will target the tight end more maybe than than the wide receivers
1: uh, yeah, I mean the touchdown last week was over the middle to Fryarmoth, so there there has been some success in that regard. And Fryarmoth is tough, sure-handed. Uh, he's all of all of the. Uh, uh, he's got it all. Um, yeah, we'd like to see more. And Cleveland doesn't have the free safety that um, both Cincinnati and New England had exceptional safeties, free safeties. Cleveland not so much. So maybe they they won't be. Maybe they won't be as afraid to challenge the middle. Uh, you know, they didn't want to mess with um, McCourty. He leads all all NFL players with inter- in interceptions. All active players, he's got 31 interceptions, and uh, they were they didn't want to challenge him. But this week, maybe you're right. Maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. Now is the time to challenge the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, staying w- with the offense and. You mentioned there with the running back, of course, Najee Harris, who has sort of you know failed at the moment to live up to the numbers that a lot of people have hyped him yeah. for. And, and yeah. um, what are you putting that down to? Is it, I think you mentioned there that he was maybe a little heavy at Jordan Camp, or is it maybe this offensive line that struggles that are, um, that are not helping? Or, like you mentioned, I think you, I think you said earlier that he, he may not trust the offensive line to give right. him the, the gaps that he needs.
1: Well, there have been uh, 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 plays where it's been illustrated that he doesn't trust the line, but the line is blocking well. He should trust them more. So, is is that a factor? I don't know. Uh, the being too heavy, I think. It, I mean, it's it's all it's 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 not from sloth. He's not a sports writer. It, it's from uh, working too hard. I believe. I believe he's added too much weight. It just this is just a theory, uh, only because either that or his foot's still hurting him from the training camp. Um, but he just looks so sluggish. His his legs look dead. He he doesn't look like the guy he was last year. And uh, you know Mike Tomlin gets these running backs to lose weight all the time. Le'Veon Bell lost a lot of weight and became outstanding. Najee has added. He's two forty four. Uh, all muscle but maybe he overtrained and I believe in overtraining. I believe you have to st- He's a workaholic. They can't get him off the field. And I think maybe he needs to get off the field, get off your feet, go rest your body, take care of your body in a different way by resting it. Let, 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 let your workouts heal. Don't work out so long. He was talking in the off season. I forget what player it was. We had just talked to Najee and he talked about five hour lifting sessions. And, and and we were talking to another player about, hey, you ever you ever work out? And the guy says, "I tell you, there's, I have no need to work out for five hours." And I've always believed that too. And I'm just a reporter, so of course I believe that. <laughs> but I, I just wonder if he is overtrained. Troy Pulamalo used to, he he thought one year he overtrained, and it, it he thought it cost him. He came in bigger, more muscular, thought he was ready for a great season. But he was just his whole body was flat.
0: He was just flat. Yeah. Um, looking then on the other side of the ball uh, ahead of this game and on defense, and you know the big miss is obviously mm. T.J. Watt. Um, sort of his his presence was missed. Even going to, back to Sunday, I think um, because looking at so even the box score and sort of looking at the game itself as well, you know Mac Jones wasn't sacked at all in the game. I think there was only three QB hits in right. in the game too. And that that's something that they're going to have to sort of, you know, improve in these next couple of weeks until he's fit to come back.
1: You know, pass rushes are always helped by the home crowd. And these were the worst, the meekest pass rush statistics since last year at this time against the Bengals. I know, oh, by the way, it's TJ Watt missed that game too. They miss him. Uh, they're 0-5 without him. It's obvious that one great pass rusher can make other pass rushers look better because the attention is where's TJ. And, and it, it makes quarterbacks nervous. They hold the ball for a while back there, and it's all of a sudden, where's TJ? I don't know. You know, Is he going to come up from behind? And, and and things get rushed and panicked. There was no panic of Mac Jones last week. And he's the kind of guy that you can, you can beat up. And, and now uh, it was a, a better offensive line in new England because you see Cincinnati gave up that kind of pass rush again this week. So their offensive line is hideous, but TJ's most certainly missed.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, And staying with the defensive line as well, because going even back to last season, the, the Steelers playing against, the run have struggled and um you're coming up against a cleveland browns attack of you know nick chubb and, and kareem hunt why what how important is even someone like the their new linebacker miles jack how important is he going to be in this game to sort of stop their, their sort of uh, dual headed attack
1: i think he's huge and they're gonna need it you know, Cleveland was probably had the worst rushing attack against the Steelers last year. Everybody beat up on the Steelers except the Browns, and they should have. And Nick Chubb's a great back. They, I, 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 think they tried to get too smart, Cleveland, and and do what the opposite of what the Steelers expected. And we saw all year it didn't matter if the Steelers knew you were running and you ran, they you still ran. Uh, So this is going to be a challenge, but you're right. Miles Jack is the guy. Also, Ogan Joby played for Cleveland for many years. He's in the middle of the defense. Tyson Alua lose back. If they play a lot of that three defensive tackle four man front that they played last week, you know, only one outside linebacker uh, to compensate for TJ's loss that will help against the run. They'll, They'll probably use some of that, but it didn't generate much of a pass rush. So, I'm not sure how that's going to go down, but uh, those are the options. Yes, I, I believe they have a chance to stop the run.
0: I didn't believe they did last year.
1: The only reason they did they did stop the run is because Cleveland stopped it for them.
0: Could we see then the likes of um, Mika Fitzpatrick then move up closer to the box in this game and rather than playing in the backfield?
1: Well, you know, when they uh, bring DeMonte, when DeMonte Casey's healthy, he's uh, on IR for four weeks or so. He can handle that that ball hawking position. You know, when Minka, I notice when Minka moves up and because he's a linebacker, he can play anywhere, right? You like him up close because he's a threat to blitz even, and he can ball hawk the the flats, he can stop the run, but he's such a great ball hawk in the middle of the field and affects quarterbacks back there. I know New England, as the Steelers avoided McCourty. Uh, Mac Jones tried to avoid Minka as best as he could and when Minka crept up in the box and they put different safety back there Edmonds they went deep they went after they went after him I think they just missed getting a deep ball somebody was open I think Mac Jones missed the guy so you could see when they see Minka come down they look deep so that's that's even a problem until Casey gets back
0: right Right, so then I guess they stopped, and but with Jacoby Brissett, and obviously no, no disrespect to him, but like his or his ability, but I guess in the the possible inaccuracies of, of him of his throwing, and um, could maybe give the Steelers the opportunity to send Fitzpatrick if he can get to him quick enough to um to cause him to throw some errant balls, um, but you still have those uh those threats with with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anna Mary Cooper as well who had his first good day for the for the Browns at the weekend so um I think yeah it's 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 a tough it's a tough thing to do and maybe yeah like you mentioned if you maybe switch it around and maybe send Terrell Edmonds um up to the box maybe just to Mm -hmm. to you know nullify that running attack
1: sure uh sure that's what they'll do and uh but Terrell have and Joku. I mean, they have a tight end. Cleveland has their threats. Um, but the Steelers, they do have the uh, versatility to move around as you're suggesting. Minka could be a big, big factor. Miles Jack can blitz, Devin Bush can blitz. Uh Cleveland Center is injured. I believe their their second string center is injured too. So uh yeah, there there are some options. But boy, I tell you, uh, it's such a bad spot for visiting teams on Thursday nights. Such a tough, you know, it's not that hard of a trip to to, to, uh, Cleveland. It's just a bus ride up the turnpike. But boy, the Steelers have have done very poorly uh, at Cleveland on Thursday nights. The one game, Ben, um, I forget the score. Uh, I don't think he scored. It might have been 14-3 to final, really cold. It was after beating the Ravens in a real emotional game. They went there and just played horrible and got beat. And then uh, the famous Mason Rudolph getting hit with his own helmet game. That was 21-7. Steelers couldn't generate anything there either. The, that was a Thursday night game, probably after a Ravens game too. It's just a brutal spot. And here the Steelers were practicing today, no pads. It was total walk-on. And I couldn't blame Tomlin. You got to rest these bodies. Ben, was just, ben Roethlisberger was just saying on his podcast how oftentimes on Thursday you still don't feel right. You're still – maybe ready to take some practice off uh you know those veterans can get those days off so uh playing a a, a full speed it's going to be difficult Uh, both teams are going to be motivated coming off losses so they'll be both playing hard it just seems to favor the home
0: team for some some reason Mm -hmm. and then looking then um at the rest of the season as a whole we've seen the sort of start that um, the Ravens uh, and, you know, the Browns have had, you know, they both have gotten the win. The surprising team, obviously, the Bengals going 0-2 in their first two games and, you know, not looking too great either. All that money spent on the offensive line hasn't seemed to help. Mm. Um, would you still be looking at, and then if we look at the AFC as well for the playoff picture, would you still be thinking that um, the winner, of obviously the winner of this division will go on to the playoffs, but do you think even second place would be enough to get um, one of those wildcard spots with uh, the strength of the rest of the AFC. Uh, It's possible. Uh,
1: I'd hate to, you know, the Steelers have, uh, there's so much new and without TJ, I just look at these six weeks coming up as just a grind session where the line, you're just hoping the line gets better. You're hoping Najee gets better. You're hoping a run game develops. Uh, And if the quarterback doesn't, then it's time for the rookie, uh, that's a development. Uh, George Pickens is a new stud receiver. Calvin Austin is yet to appear. He's a 4 3 bullet. He, he, they need that kind of injection of speed. That's another process they'll have to go through. Uh, finding a, another pass rusher, you know, without TJ, they're going to have to find a way to get to the quarterback. So when TJ does come back, this defense will have gone through a new process and will have just. Because they had to, they will get better. So I think they're being forced to get better on all fronts. And I'm not sure it'll it'll be in time for this year. But I think this is all for the good. I think it's all working out for them. All how this is positioned. All how everybody has to learn. And we're all going to learn whether Canada is the right guy for this offensive coordinator's job. So maybe you know that process grinds through. And that would leave a new process of a new offensive coordinator, but you would have Pickett. Maybe you bring back Mark Whipple, who is, uh who coached Kenny Pickett at Pitt. He's at Nebraska now. Mark Whipple had pro concepts at uh, at Pitt in the passing game. That was a professional passing game at Pitt. He was Ben's first quarterback coach, of course. So you know that would be that would be. Uh, there you go there's your first there's your first (laughs) rumor mill bit (laughs) mark whipple for offensive coordinator because all that stuff's going to start if if this offense doesn't magically improve and i don't look for it to improve greatly but i do believe that they're going to have to grind in the right spots and that this team does have championship ability maybe next year i know nobody wants to hear that this year just started i'm not so sure it can come together quickly enough this year but boy, they have some nice pieces. I think there's a nice foundation here.
0: Yeah, well, look, look, Jim, I'm a Seahawks fan and I know I'm already looking forward to next year. <laughs> I just have to, I have to, you know, so um, we, it's it, it's a hard pill to swallow, but look, we'll see. We'll get that tra- those draft picks. We'll see what happens and we can see next year. But um, look, listen, before we let you go, <clears throat> I, um, I we should mention as well, of course, if anyone is interested in, in probably one of the most famous Steelers in in Pittsburgh history, and that's Troy Palomalu. and and you have um you have his book available that you've written yourself,
1: yeah, uh, his biography, and uh, it's been out since November of 2020. It was in time for his Hall of Fame, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's a kid's book, but I believe strongly that this belongs in every 12 year old's library going forward it should be a foundation piece uh, for Steelers fans of course hey all football fans this guy's a great example and it's not just a look at how good he was because he was a good guy but I mean you know how he dealt with problems how he overcame things not it's not so much that he prayed it's how it all came together his prayer his meditation and his film watching of course his four three speed helped. he just seemed to see it all and all of those things went into it and he wasn't the kind of guy that would come up to you and, and tell you to find Jesus Christ. You know, if you, if you wanted to ask about his spirituality, he would talk about it, but he wasn't, he wasn't in your face with it. Like some athletes are. And so don't, don't, I don't want you to be afraid that that book's full of that kind of stuff, but it just, it's a good guy and how nothing better for a kid than how a good guy did it. And he didn't have a great start. So <laughs> But I do have a new book coming out November 1st uh, on the clock, the history of the Steelers draft, a lot of cool stories about how these guys were drafted, all of their hall of famers. I go into detail starting with wizard white back in the uh, thirties. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not all old. I mean, we go through the seventies. That, that was my most difficult chapter. And uh, in the current time, I have all the contacts are still alive. I, I could talk to everybody about the drafts of late. So that, I think
0: that's a, a really good book. It's coming out November 1st. Excellent stuff. And definitely one for um, Steelers fans to pick up, especially now with the holiday season coming soon. And with, yeah. you know, with the, with the history, of course, that the Rooney family have and the ties they have here to Ireland too. Definitely right. something for like the Irish Steeler contingent to definitely pick up this holiday season. Well, look, Jim, we really appreciate the time. I know it's a short week and it's quite a busy week. Like I'm, I'm, uh, really thankful that you were able to take the time to speak us. Oh. For anyone interested in reading some of the articles from the Steel City Insider, where can they find them?
1: Uh, Steel City Insider, uh, you can uh, dial it up and it's a pay site. But uh, the one article you referenced was free. There are a lot of, we use a lot of free articles to show you, give you a taste of how good we are. <laughs> yes. And then uh, we have a lot of fans that pay the money to get insider access. And we're, we're always there. And uh, I think we do the best job. So uh, thank you for uh, promoting my work. And also thank you for having me on. It was fun. You do a good
0: job. Uh, Thank you for watching this latest edition of the Undercenter podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to watch, listen, or even just follow us on social media. We we appreciate all the support that we get and hopefully we can uh, continue to get your support throughout the NFL season. Before we do go, just want to let you know about a prediction league we're running in uh, association with Fanzo. They are an app that we've partnered up with for this season to run a prediction league. Uh, All you need to do to take part of it is follow the instructions beside me here you just download the app, Fanzo, go to the NFL Tipping Game, put in a few details, your favourite team, then go to join the league, and all you need to do is put in the word CENTRE, C-E-N-T-R-E, to join the league. Um, we ha- we're we looking to get about 50 people involved, if we can, um, so that we can get some great prizes at the end of this season for that. Um, so, like I said, download the Fanzo app, <clears throat> go to the NFL Tipping Game, put in some details, Put in the code CENTRE, C-E-N-T-R-E, to join our league. Put in your predictions each week. And if you're at the top of the table at the end of the season, you could be in for a very, very good prize. But that is all from this edition of the show. Thank you very much. And until next time, stay safe. We'll see you soon.